0: Welcome to Sonic Talk episode 542, recording today on Wednesday the 25th of July 2018 here in the scorching UK. They told us that this week was going to cool down and we were going to have a bit of a break in the weather, but it's still it goes on, which is all right by me because I'm going to WOMAD this weekend with my daughter and I don't really fancy a muddy festival appearance. I think I'm just looking forward to sitting in the shade and just chilling out. Although the ground is going to be incredibly hard. I might need some extra mattresses. Uh, anyway, this uh, is the podcast, Sonic Talk podcast. We talk about music technology, all things to do with synthesizers, instruments, software, music production, live production, live performance, controllers, all that kind of stuff, plugins, all of the things that are associated around the production of music, whether it be electronic or regular. So I want to say thank you very much for everybody coming. I uh, also want to say uh, um, thank you to Isotope uh, for providing the show prize. In fact, I'll start with that because sometimes uh, you know might miss it if you are uh, go away for a cup of tea halfway through. So uh, if you want to win a copy of Isotope's Vocal Synth 2, we have a prize this week, and we're looking for the hashtag Creative Vocals and the hashtag Vocal Synth 2 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Yeah, it's a Twitter competition, and uh, you can, if you enter that, we can pick a winner from uh, all the tweets that come out with those facts on. That's the hashtag Creative Vocals, the hashtag Vocal Synth 2 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And if you do that, you'll be entered to, into the competition to win a copy of of isotopes, a vocal synth, which is an excellent uh, vocal processing, vocoding, uh, mangling, all sorts of stuff, lots of effects on there. In fact, we'll have a little bit uh, uh, later on where we'll announce the winner of last week's competition, so stay tuned if you want to find out that. And we'll say hello to our guests. I think we'll start off with uh, Mr. Charles Chicky Reeves, because he's been out on the road again. We haven't seen him for a while. Um, Got a lovely backdrop there. I think that's the Matrix Brute behind you. Is that a road, 73?
1: uh yes it is mark nice. one but mark. it's got a mark mark two top on it though
0: ah okay and so, uh that, what's that pro tools on the right hand side there can't tell pro what tools is.
1: uh pro tools and ua console
0: ah is that a, four, <clears throat> is that a 4k screen you got behind you
1: it is yeah. yeah i use that as the main monitor because uh so that when my clients are sitting here they're not like trying to look over my shoulder to see what i'm doing they can actually see the whole time what i'm doing
0: can you see it yeah, it's oh, very handy I- because I find the problem is is the resolution then decreases the font sizes go down or do you change the system settings to make it all look bigger or have you just got good eyesight?
1: Uh, No, but I have really good eyesight with my glasses on but there's a strangely with that that monitor there it's at a certain distance it used to be back about a foot from what it is now and it was at this perfect distance where I couldn't see it with my glasses and I couldn't see it without my glasses Ah. now I can take my glasses off and see that (laughs) that's
0: the like, yeah well the, when you get to the state that, then you're you're heading towards the territory of bifocals there i'm afraid my friend
1: yeah, yeah and i'm going way. to avoid that as much as possible well <laughs> so. I don't know.
0: they can make up they don't have the lines across them anymore they can make them kind of ground so you don't really notice it anyway it comes to yeah. us all anyway uh, charles chickie reeves of course uh, sublime-uk.com uh, sound engineer to the stars out on the road a lot uh also uh, songwriting production mixing all that kind of stuff uh, check out all his mm-hmm. stuff at sublime.u, sublime-uk.com. Oh, God, it's a mouthful. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. And we'll also uh, hop over to Mr. Yoad Navo, who I said was uh, sitting there looking very godlike in his kind of dimly lit studio and his uh, his beard of wisdom which he seems to have developed there uh yoad is of course uh mix engineer producer songwriter uh well all sorts of stuff also developer for waves where he's well, not too,
2: a- not too many because when he say it like that it sounds like you know master of none and i wouldn't uh, well like
0: okay to he's be terrible at one, the things we but, didn't uh, mention
2: <laughs> okay exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> but really good at the other stuff so you're in London today. Uh, what are you working on at the moment? Are You mixing now, or are you kind of plot software developing?
2: Um, both mixing uh, quite a few interesting projects, and also had a really good uh, few writing sessions recently with very young and uh, in- incredibly talented um, new signs uh, for a few labels. I can't I can't name names, but no, sure. Quite do get, amaz- amazing. Do you get a lot of that like stuff s-
0: where people come into the studio and, and develop the ideas and, and, you know, that's your kind of, you sort of help them realize that stuff? Is that.
2: Yeah, I do that a lot. I do a lot of songwriting from scratch, which is my preferred way of working with, with new artists because you just jump in the water and you write the song. And then it's amazing how I can get along with a 17 year old, you know, after 40 minutes, you know what I mean? And we have a lot in, in common. Which is the, the track that we're working on, uh, which otherwise would have been could have been very awkward. But it's there's, there's, when it flows and when you have a nice flow and vibe, then it's it's really magical. And then you at the end of the day you, you come up come out of, of the session with a track. Uh, that's what, that you know it never stops exciting me, uh, even though I've done it quite a few times now.
0: Yeah, well, it's the, uh, the the international language of music, of course. Uh, exactly, breaks just, all. Uh, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, just. Lovely. Oh, that
0: sounds really good fun. Really good fun.
2: Yeah, it is. It is.
0: And uh, we also have Mr. Matthew Hodson. Uh, Matthew Hodson is back in his. Uh, that's I can't tell because this new monitor I've got the color balance is really off. Is that kind of, are those purple walls? Are you going for the kind of uh, yeah. Prince vibe in
3: there? I don't know. <laughs> um. I don't know why I chose purple. I did spend a long time thinking about it. I used to work in a studio in Hackney, um, and there I used to engineer some great, great producers, and all their walls were purple. So maybe I've been inspired by that. over the years I don't know you've got you have a purple backdrop too don't you when you are do yeah well we, uh,
0: we use uh it's not I haven't switched the lights on today but um we use purple a purple wash led lights so per, uh, and it's purely because it's it, we experiment experimented with lots of different colors and it was the best color for for less noise in the video when you've got the lights ah. dimmed down so it's, it's it's a good color for working with video and it seems to have just stuck but yeah I mean uh, lots of uh BBC use it as well I think uh in yeah. a lot of their studios I think it must be just a good color for video
3: I quite like it It, it, i don't know uh there's no windows in this room unfortunately i couldn't put any in just because of the amount of noise that would come and go from it so um i had to entertain myself with a color choice and i went for i went for purple it does the job i don't go too crazy in here um but usually i've got the lights dimmed down a lot more anyway when i'm working but i've just just been doing um, a live stream literally just finished it about an hour ago and I've had to have all the lights on in here and brighten it up a little bit so you could see everything that I was doing correctly. And it suddenly got really, really, really hot. You <laughs> can
0: yes. Oh, so what have you been so you've been fired you fired up the modular and uh, whatnot, yeah.
3: yes? Yeah, yeah, just working on um managed to set aside some time really to start on the EP, my first EP for Fat Cat Records. And um what I did, I, I stripped down the studio and I've reset it all up. So I've got mini controllers here, I've got you're a rack behind me here i've got all my effects all my even tide and big sky and delay pedals and then mixer over here so basically i'm just you know what it's like when you start starting new music it can it can be a little bit overbearing to just kind of sit down and start just jamming out anything so i thought i'll start with sounds i'm just starting with a palette of sounds so I'm working with bass at the minute, trying to find some really great bass tones and distortions to go with it and just, just building up some really interesting sounds that I can use and throw into the pot when I start composing, really.
0: Right. Okay. So is that is that working at the moment? I, I asked that question as if I don't know. I know it's it, working because I've set yes. you press play and said, Is it coming through? So you've got a patch running oh, at the it,
3: moment. Yeah, is it running? Can you hear that? Just, yeah. So that yeah, that's uh I can't actually hear it. (laughs) Um, So that's a Schwamen VCO6 running through the Torcedo by Roland, which I've created my own bespoke stereo distortion patch within there. And I'm also using the 4MSA toner, which just for a little bit more distortion, (laughs) and I'm combining all of those together um, through a compressor, sort of gelling them together really nicely, and then through this uh, WMD overseer filter at the minute it's interesting so those
0: those roland uh the torcedo that's the, quite yes. vir- it's like v- virtual euro rack wasn't it where you can then yes. program they've kind of gone under the radar a bit because they made yeah. an editor and stuff and there was some really uh, interesting things you could do with that i don't think yeah. they really ever took off quite
3: no i mean I, I i've shied away from them for a little bit but i've been getting into distortion particularly stereo distortion and um i just realized that these this t- the torcedo is actually built around distortion so um yeah i bought it about four months ago um and then i've just really got into just building patches within it It, it's really interesting what you can do with it i'm really enjoying it um it gets hot very quickly i've noticed that and a lot of people saying that uses up a lot of power when it's racked inside of euro rack land Ah, um, i'm liking it it's great i think it's cool i'd like to see more I'd like to see actually if they're going to do any more with this kind of stuff Roland. It would or...
0: it would it would be a good idea. I mean it's almost like a Nord modular kind of vibe, isn't it? It's like a yeah. tiny little Nord modular that you can program yeah. up.
3: And, you know uh, Nord's so so ahead of their time Nord when they brought out all that stuff. The things you can do on it on the Nord. Fantastic.
0: Right. Excellent. Well, uh, we're going to go for something slightly... Uh, well, actually, let's start with uh, let's start with the new release of the week, because, uh, as we know, the drum impact came out. And I'm going to play a video that I did with a little jam with, uh, rather than... T- to, well, to begin with. So I'm just clocking up the uh, arpeggio in the grandmother, because I published that review this year. And I was just triggering the arpeggio at random steps, so, which is nice. why it... Did... But it's... It's actually not a bad little machine. I can't remember what I do next. Probably something really embarrassing. But yes, that was that was the unofficial video for the launch of the uh, uh, drumbrew and the, the drumbrew impact. And the a- official launch has got the same slightly tangential marketing approach that uh, uh, Arturia have employed um, over the last couple of releases. They're very fond of uh, having dancers involved, and uh, this dancer is going to dance, uh, although it's it's bordering on the slightly uh, slightly exploitational imagery, I think, but it's still, this is the drum brute impact anyway, that's really not the, the case in point. So, uh, analogue drum machine, 10 voices, based on the drum brute, but with completely different voicing, same sort of... Uh, Sequencing, really good sequencer, actually. I think the sequencer really kind of feels like it makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, no P-lock or anything. But this thing's only 279 quid. Anyway, it goes on, you know, the dancer gets more excited and the, uh, the, the beats get more exciting and it all kind of builds up. And you're, I think the idea is then you just you're, you're thinking, hey, if I get one of those, that might happen at my house. Probably not, though, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> I know, Charles, um, you've got an Autoria thing there. I mean, have you tried the Drumbrute? I mean, is it something that's cut co- I mean, the, the uh, analogue sounds, I uh, mean, uh, limited though they are, they're massive, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, I think, so this one has this one has the uh, distortion and the Drumbrute has the filter, filter yeah. sweep or something. Yeah, it's got yeah, a resonant uh, filter. I actually, yeah, I thought about buying the, the Drumbrute and then I saw that this was coming out. And uh, I think this is actually what I'm going to get. I, I want a dedicated drum machine instead of just using Ableton or my Korg Volca Beats or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a shame about that video because it's basically, you know, trying to use sex to sell it. And it's it's and sort of bordering itself. on
0: that, isn't it? And I think that's a little bit, yeah. that's not so cool these days. And it's not necessary because, yeah. you know, it's quite a good machine. But,
1: but you know, they're French, so. It's art. <laughs> no, it's art. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh but i but yeah if, if they'd taken that out taken her out of the video i i think it would have sold itself it's such a great sounding machine um i'm really excited about it so when is the launch of that do you know
0: i well it's launched i think it's going to be in the shops in um i think it's like next month i think it's pretty close i mean they're. i think they're on in the boat or at customs or whatever in many territories uh, i've just reviewed it and uh i have to say i I, initially, I was a bit like, well, I don't know, you know, it'd be nice to have parameter lock on this sort of stuff. But then you think, well, it's a 279 quid drum machine. And once you start getting into it and bust, and breaking out some of the individual sounds and putting them into effects, it really starts to make sense. It's just, you've obviously got a sort of limit, the, the analog sounds are a limited palette of sounds, certainly just as a mix out kind of thing. Obviously, if you break things out, then you can yeah. affect them a lot more. And I guess that's what pe- most people did with, you know, 808s or whatever. So it definitely has a, a kind of vibe um but yeah
1: yeah i definitely i i mean i'm, I'm really really interested in getting one um right. i i love the idea of it so yeah i don't i don't see why not I, and i and i was only i wasn't completely sure about the uh the drum brute, but this i'm definitely interest, interested in i, yeah, I love that-, that that color effect that's really nice it's a really nice sound
0: yeah, it so, works yeah, well on not? some of the voices and some of the I mean there are a few downsides but anyway um yeah I don't know have you are you a drum machine guy or would you prefer to do everything sort of well, from I the
2: u- box Well I I used to be obviously but uh, these days I have my um I think I mentioned it this Arturia which I can't the Beatstep uh, the Beatstep Pro um which which is rooted to I created a very elaborate uh, logic uh, environment where um, each pad goes to its different EXS instrument, and I can play the pad and right. turn the, the knob, and it scans 128 samples within that EXS program. So I, I would oh, load 128 kicks, 128 snares, blah blah blah. So each pad and its um, you know its knob. So I play the I can play the pad. I can either program it on the uh, and and
0: build a kit
2: on the fly on the fly because the problem is when you load a, a drum kit is that it's already mapped and if you want to change the kick once you have the pattern going you have to go in and load samples and things like that but once you have 128 and i have 16 of those you know so that so it's genius it,
0: what a great idea it, it,
2: it, al- it allows me for for great flexibility um, so, in terms of the the actual sequence, I can maybe sh- maybe maybe do as, 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 maybe we can do like a short uh, video or something where I show yeah. this because I think it will be interesting for, for some people because they, it it shows the flexibility uh, of 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 the environment in Logic and, and it's just for me it it really opened up again the sort of feel of a drum machine because uh, you can program it on the sequencer it runs on midi clock and, and 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 all that and you can just do it and then with the random function with function which i think it has on the on the drum root uh it creates really amazing stuff and then i just record five minutes and and choose the bits you know and and it's the, and it's all in midi and the, and the sounds are actually exs sounds 16 exx
0: that is a with, really good idea. I, I guess you could apply that that the, the the technique to other samplers. You just cause each so are you, in, you so the, the knob it, it just got its own unique CC which you then map to whatever changes the samples, right?
2: Exactly. It it, cha- it, it changes the, the parameter of a transpo- of a transformer that runs in, in but it, it, it's more complicated than that because you have to split it to, to different channels and to different the nodes because basically what i want is to eventually record the final note after the knob you know what i mean yeah. i don't want to record the midi and then having to do the transpose in, in real time so
1: right.
2: it's quite a, an elaborate system um i had to cheat logic and it all it all happens before the sequencer input so it all happens yeah, before I see. this you know what i mean yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. it it took me it took me a little bit uh, of time to to program but it's amazing um so for me the the kind of work and feel of a drum machine is already there what i'm i am interested in with this uh drum brute is the sounds because it just sounds amazing it sounds be- beefy and and fat and and
0: yeah, the kick, uh, I did a, I did a, uh, I, did a uh, I put the, you know, normally I put the wave through uh, the the scope and the uh, frequency analyzer mm-hmm. on the screen yeah, behind yeah. me and I did that with a kick and it starts, when it's tuned right up, it's about 65 hertz and it just goes right the way down and then it goes but sub 30 hertz and there's a massive fundamental and a load of mm-hmm. stuff flapping about underneath that as well. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. you tune it All right down, I mean, you're getting crazy amounts of uh, bottom end if you want it. I mean, obviously you yeah. can EQ that out. So yeah.
2: So so for me I, it it's it, it's very tempting basically to get one of those. Uh I would probably like my my problem is because I work in front of a desk is that I don't have a lot of space to put stuff. Um hands-on stuff. So the the what's his name the the Beatstep is my main kind of I have a small keyboard in the desk and the Beatstep Pro is my main kind of pad thing although I have a machine and all that uh i have to say that the pads on the machine are lovely the yeah they the, are very good on the, uh, the beat step pro i i'm not into them so much um but for me it would be a matter of probably getting it as a as a sound module really and to incorporate it with with the existing setup and with yeah with that, it is with...
0: it is quite small so it's it is quite a compact thing um,
2: is it a, is it similar size to the beatstep pro that that type of thing no it's it's probably smaller. more smaller
0: no it's smaller it's like the pads of the beatstep pro uh and then a bit deeper so it's not as wide really? as the beatstep pro yeah it's quite small wow
2: interesting i'll i'll definitely look into that because it sounds amazing i i wanted to get a, an analog drum machine i was looking at the vermona um, and i was looking at beatstep uh, uh not Beatstep, step uh, drum drum, brood. Brood. drum brood, yeah um, and the 808 or eight sure. or whatever it's called the new the new Roland thing but but oh, from GRS. from everything Itunes. I I looked at yeah th- this one seems like the 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 most uh, reasonable one to to get
0: well to be honest I'm I'm now going to have to go and program my beatstep pro to do what you did cuz that one of the worst things, the thing I hate about assigning pads is assigning pads and mapping MIDI notes. But mm-hmm. if you're just flipping through sounds, that makes such a lot of difference. Exactly. Oh, Matt, I, I'm guessing you've probably got plenty of things that will make analogue drum sounds and a much broader palette. Oh, is that the Nuns that? Th- that? This, is, uh,
3: this is even smaller. This is the is. Uh, drum computer and this That's is Mfp, yeah, by MFB yeah, 522 mm-hmm. and it basically it's an 808. Uh, it's got individual outputs on it. It's got MIDI. Wow! Uh, it takes MIDI clock. And it's, it's such a bad boy. It sounds so big. The kick drum on it's brilliant. Um, having said that, I've just sold it. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> just got this off eBay. Um, reason being, I've actually got a TR8S, which I've been using. And I am really into that, basically, because you can perform with it. It's got filters on it. It's got effects on it. And that's a big thing for me when I'm going out playing live. Having, having a machine, a drum machine that you can add effects on, you can filter it on the master or individual things. And also when I'm in a studio working with a lot of electronic artists, um, we want to craft sounds quite quickly. And the starting point might be an 808 or a 909, but we might soon want to sort of tweak it into something completely different. And you can't really do that with something like this, bless it. Um, But it's still really cool. I really like...
0: I guess also, um, because you've got uh, all that modular stuff, I mean, the TR8S, you just bung... If you make a really nice sound of the modular, just sample that in, and then you've got that in a kit. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
3: and it it syncs as well to the modular really easily. It's got, um, I think it's got its own dedicated clock in for it. So that's just really good. What's also interesting about the TR8S, again, going back to misusing equipment, is... You can load longer samples into it. So you can, not meant to, but you can load small loops into it. And if you've got those loops kind of running at the wrong tempo, drum rhythms and things like that, you can get some really interesting percussive stuff going on just by changing the tempo and the, and the samples kind of. Being yeah, because it at doesn't do stretch, length. does it? It doesn't do. Uh, no, it um, doesn't. Yeah, that's right. But by putting
0: them on each
3: step, yeah. it's quite interesting.
0: Have you come across the uh the, the drum brute or the uh well you won't have come across this yet, but
3: yeah, I, I had to play with the drum boot when it came out and I'm a big fan of Artoria. I've got I've got the beat step, I've got the I've got the micro brute as well. Love this thing. Again, connects to the modular really easily with C V and Gate. Um but the, the drum brute for me, ah the, those sounds just didn't they didn't set my brain on fire. I don't know what it was, the kick and, and the hi-hat and that. It just didn't do it. This looks like they've maybe took some of that on board and, and. The, yeah, the it's got more bite to it. This has more. definitely got yeah, more, bite. more bite. I think that's what it is. Um, but for me, what, you know, what I'd really like to see on something like this is I'd like to see maybe two or three of the first channels being just kick drums. So you could have kind of three different kick drums because Ultimately, they're, they're the thing that we always ask ask for, you know, what does the kick sound like on it? What does the snare sound like on it? Imagine if you had maybe two or three kick drums you could have, maybe two snares you could have, hi-hat open and close, and and something else. I mean who really goes, oh, well, how does the cowbell sound on this one? You know. Yeah, I, I don't know
0: why they put a cowbell <laughs> on it. I, I Personally, yeah. I mean, and I say it in the review, I would have re- preferred to have a rim shot and have a separate out for right. the rim shot because you can use the rim shot to trigger. I mean, uh, in fact, David Ireland, right. when he did a review of the... Uh, not the TRAS, but the uh, System 500 stuff. He had the TRAS running and it was, he was triggering arpeggios. This is the trick I got from him, actually, because he was triggering arpeggios just from a rim shot pattern so that the arpeggio would have just been straight, but he was just stepping through it rhythmically rather than just right. by a clock division. And I really like that technique. I think it works really well.
3: Yeah. That's, yeah, that sounds really interesting. But the ability to maybe have two or three different kick drum sounds running at the same time and bring them in, you could tweak yeah. one as you, uh, you could have one muted totally tweak it for your next part of the set and bring that in i love having a distorted kick drum and a clean kick drum happening at the same time as well so to m- merge them in as well just for different yeah I know harmonic what you're saying. content.
0: well that sounds like the drum group's more for you because that's got two kicks i think it had two kicks and one it one did, was more yeah. 8080 and one was more 9090 yeah. uh, if that's those are
3: but this impact's got the distortion right that but yeah, that did sound that nice. Nice me. And you've got it on the master and then you've got it on indiv- per channel basically. Uh um, no,
0: not per channel. No. Um the color oh, yeah. the color yeah. some it, on the kick uh the color brings in a, a a sort of distorted element to it but it's not the same that's happening on not the, the, the output. So, so you yeah, can it's have not quite oh, the same.
3: So you can have its own distorted kick and then you can add the distortion on the master on top of that.
0: Yes, but then it, the distortion will be everything, you know, it's across everything. <laughs>
3: yeah. But okay. when, you,
0: when you kick it in, it really adds a, this ma- quite a lot of smack to it. Yeah. It's quite a nice character. I mean, you can go too far, obviously. And I yeah. was looking at the, uh, the frequency range across the actual, when you're running hi-hats and stuff, and literally, you know, I've got a 20 to 20 uh, analyzer on it and it goes past that either end you know there's stuff happening mm. below and stuff happening above you know the right. the high hats and the symbols go like this and then that's when you get to the end of the analyzer <laughs> it's kind of mm. quite so there's plenty of top end content in it awesome. but yeah 279 quid hard to argue against, uh, yeah, against right. that really yeah. i think it's going to be Absolutely.
2: a hit i wonder if uh behringer is going to come up out with a with an analog <laughs> drum machine for like seventy quid or something.
0: Well, the eight hundred eight clone that they did, the eight hundred eight one that they showed at Superbooth, that's analog. Um, How is that sounding? I mean, in a room through a speaker, you know, not ever having owned an analog an eight hundred eight. I mean, it sounded all right. You know, it sounded like, and it has a um, it has a what's it a transient shaper which you can apply mm-hmm. to individual tracks, so you can ap- get that kind of smack. I mean, I well, don't know when both, it's going to be both, coming uh, out, both obviously. Attack,
2: both attack and sustain kind of thing, because I find the sustain function on transient designers or transient processors, I use it a lot on drums, a lot more than the attack, because for the attack you have compression, you have EQ, which can emphasize different parts of the, of the kick drum or snare drum. But um, I love playing with that sustain, you know, to get that exaggerated... <sighs> at the end right i don't can, uh, think so <clears throat> i think
0: it's just a one it would probably knob be the attack yeah, yeah 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 i think yeah. I, well
2: actually sure. with one up, you can also do like one one end is the yeah yeah, yeah kind yeah, of yeah. attack and less sustain and the other is is the other way around so interesting
0: well, there you have it. But, yeah, that's gonna be out uh, like I say, probably in a couple of weeks, our review will probably go live tomorrow because I'm not gonna be around so much on Friday, so I'll probably publish that tomorrow if you want to check that out. Um, okay, so uh, I think what we'll probably just do is uh, the competition for the isotope, if that's all right with everybody, so we'll just refresh everybody's mind about what vocal synth can do.
3: I'm feeling
0: so vocal synth redesigned interface, new Biovox module which uh, gives track shaping, vowel shaping, uh, vocoder, improved bands, uh, CompuVox as well, so glitchy computerized vocals and TalkBox. I mean, this, all these modules have very Strong flavours, pitch correction, pitch snapping, all kinds of stuff, more vibe, as it says. Uh, lots more effects, and also uh, the effects are re Lots and lots of presets in there. So do check out uh, Isotope's Synth 2. You just need to go to isotope.com forward slash VocalSynth to get a 10-day free demo there. And we've got a competition for this. I already said what the competition was, didn't I? What am I saying? I, it's because I've changed things up, and I'm so set in my ways. Uh, we have a winner for last week's uh, episode 451, a, a chap called Frank... Haleko, uh, and his Twitter handle is F That's H A L A Y K O. It says, uh, Give me the five vocal synths so I could get my voice out into the world. Thanks, to Isotope, for the great software, and to Sonic State for the awesome videos. From Canada with love. So, uh, anyway, well, if you get in touch, uh, Frank Haleko will be able to pass you on to Isotope. We'll be give you a copy of Vocal Synth Two, and we thank them very much for their sponsorship of the prize this week. Right uh, here we go. How do you feel about? Uh, oh, that's not what I was looking for. Excuse me. It was this one. How do you feel about eight oh eight? It says, this great headline, Roland announces second 808-inspired sneaker. And obviously, some bright Spark in the comments says, great. So now there's a pair. You can have one for each foot. But I think it's a variant. So there's different pairs. So there's the colorization. They've uh, gone into partnership with Puma, who've created this uh, new, the, the Puma RS100 Roland. And there it is. If you're into, uh, lots of people are into trainers, sneakers, whatever you call them, uh, and collect them. And this one will set you back. I think they're going to be uh, available in August 100 bucks, you know, $130 and uh, the RS. There's an RS0 and an RS100. so black and white vibrant orange. And it's an interesting idea, this kind of idea for music technology clothes because, I mean, you know, as a reviewer and many of us who are involved in music technology and maybe endorsed artists or whatever, we get T-shirts all the time, you know, so we're quite used to the idea. In fact, Charles, are you wearing a... No, that's, that says sports, so it's it's probably not a uh, musically-inspired music tech T-shirt, but <laughs> I know you could... I quite like the idea of this. It's sort of the idea that uh, 808 could... could become fashion as well i don't think there's anything too cheesy about
1: it well two things one i I, this shirt is my ironic i know nothing about sports shirt because i spend a lot of time with people who are following football and i have no idea what's going on the other thing is uh as far as puma goes i want to tell them please take my money i want one of these (laughs) really these shoes i really do yeah i really do And I and I, I will be very happy if anybody were to stop me on the street and say, "Hey, I know what those are." Yeah, I'm really excited. You
0: want to get down with the kids with your 808 sneakers, <laughs> yeah. really? Wow. Okay. I well, do. that's. I'm not sure how appropriate that is of men of a certain age, but you know, I think you you would wear them well. I think you're, you're still not the that right old. side of you're still yeah exactly you're still the right side of that, so that will work.
2: Yeah. Um, I, don't well, know, I, 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 I think. <laughs> I think that 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 anyone who knows what an 808 is is. Must be over a certain age, anyway. You know what I mean. So,
0: true. that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know about uh, um, fashionable fashion items in clothing. I mean, there was. A, I remember there was a, a series of uh, bathing suits which were sort of nine oh nine and eight oh eight kind of screen prints, which looked really good. I mean, they're quite cool actually. But it was it was very much. It was almost like I'm the DJ's girlfriend, or do you know what I mean? It, and, mm-hmm. and the models yeah. were delightful, obviously. <laughs> but it was an interesting idea. I don't know. I, I'm, Matt, you're kind of much more down with the kids in the fact that you're teaching a lot of them. Do you think any of them would go for this kind of thing?
3: I don't I don't know if they if they would notice if I rocked up to the classroom with a pair of them. But, you know, regardless whether these were TR808 branded ones or not, I, I just think they are brilliant. These are the ones that I'm going to go for. They're, they're the 09, I think. I just think they're... Mm. I just think they look really cool. I really like the colours. I walk around in a pair of bright yellow trainers currently. Um, so I like anything with a bit of colour. Having said that, these are mainly black, but I think they look cool, man. I think they're good.
0: We're getting a lot of great uh, great suggestions via the chat room for, um, for themed clothing. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, where was it? Where did I see it? Yeah, the Moog, uh, hold on. Moog flip-flops here. There's Priscilla Hughes. Hold on, I'm <laughs> just trying to... Where has it gone? oh well, cowboy, but that's a good one how about this behringer cowboy boots uh yeah. where's the move flip-flops <laughs> uh i'm just trying to find it out uh, vcv rack uh, hold on oh it's going past now here we go Moog flip, people there's suggestions are coming up priscilla hughes says move flip-flops That's quite not a bad idea uh, and um, um what was the other one shoes with uh Eurorack patch cables or certainly oh, Jack right. endings. Uh, that's kind of that's not a bad idea.
3: Yeah. yeah would that nice be taking it too laces. far if I if I took all my laces out of my shoes and used patch cables instead? Would that be is that taking it too far?
0: I don't know. You could. The cl- oh. They do cloth ones, don't they? Which would be a bit more flexible.
3: That's yeah. I've got some of those, the braided ones. Yeah. Yeah, that I might think, work.
0: I think that might be the equivalent of wearing a keyboard tie, but more <laughs> niche.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, keyboard ties. That- that, yeah, Can't that, that. I mean
0: that. To be honest, that's the only thing that I can remember that is kind of music technology related clothing that I that I can think of going back over time. The keyboard well, and, I, high, I, and that is really dodgy.
2: I think I, sh- I think I'm I'm going to wait until these clothes are actually functional, so they actually can make music. So when you step on on the left foot, it generates a kick, and the right foot generates a snare. And your gloves are the hi hats and whatever, yeah. and and then you can, you know, I'm I'm gonna wait till that happens. I, I'm sure it's around the corner.
1: And there are there are had trainers this image that of have... uh, John Travolta walking down the street, you know, in um, yeah, exactly, in, uh, with, your Sorry, own, like, with your own fever, your own beats. He's doing the hi hats with his hand.
0: <laughs> well, we should point out actually that uh, I think um there's a number. Of, I think it's Make Noise that do socks, and there's quite a number of uh companies that do kind of things like socks and under underpants and stuff like that which is kind of a uh, uh, kind of funky you know it's more understated unless perhaps you're wearing socks with sandals and then you can say it loud and proud but i don't know that's quite an interesting idea but it's generally but you know this is another level of kind of uh i guess cultural validation of music technology which is quite an interesting kind of concept mm-hmm. in itself i suppose um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what else I would wear. I mean, there, there was the uh, – because I got the I got uh, with the Moog grandmother, which went back today, otherwise I'd show you. Uh, there was a Moog slinky, and I think when it originally came out, there was a Moog denim jacket you could send in a voucher for. I don't know. Moog denim jacket reminds me of uh, uh, those sort of uh, – Late forty, early fifty-somethings, record executives with the uh, the leather jackets and doing the Harley Davidson thing, which I I remember when I was doing the uh, doing the, the the touring thing, you know, doing uh, when I was in my youth doing um, PA circuits and promotion circuits, we would end up inevitably in the uh, restaurant after the you know radio show or whatever it was, with the local. Record company representative who was invariably wearing some kind of Harley Davidson leather jacket and all of the stuff, you know. So, there's it's like part of a uniform. So, I think you've got to be very careful because it can be quite cheesy quite quickly. Uh, Of Mm. course, uh, we're all uh, very soberly dressed and uh, not wearing anything too uh, outrageous. So, I'd just like to to say that. Um, uh, Well, with that whole kind of concept about uh, cultural. uh, uh, validation is, is interesting because uh, there was this uh, this piece of news that came in and I found this on Peter Curds this is Craftwork and they are uh, they're just starting out I think this is Space Lab which is one of their tracks from some time back and uh, doing the gig and then they linked up with uh, the International Space Station which is a bonkers idea so this is uh, the Stuttgart concert uh, they tied up with the European Space Agency they actually sent an iPad into space with uh, the last sort of shuttle that went up, Uh, astronaut Alexander Gerst, who is right here, here he is and here's the iPad. That's a version of Lima running an an as yet unidentified unidentified synth which he plays and the first notes he plays uh, are coming up soon which will, I see if you can guess what they're going to be, you've probably seen this news item, so you know. That's bonkers, 400 kilometers in space. You had to, really, didn't you? I mean, those are the notes you've got to play. Anyway, he goes on. He goes on, and he starts to play a lead line, and uh, which I'm guessing is the space lab melody. I'm not familiar with that tune. And then they're all playing in conjunction. And the technology, you know, they they've got a, a 20 minute window when they can send this stuff. And there's like a, I think there's a three to four second, three to five seconds of latency, and the audio is coming back. He's not seeing any video, and the so the band are following it as it comes in, and the whole thing kind of gets synced up. Crazy. I just thought, you know, you know, you've made it as a band when you're being jammed within space by an astronaut. I mean, that is bonkers isn't it i don't know what do you think about that yo and i mean that would be that that would be kind I, of gay I, in
2: there. I had a uh, little tear in my eye when i saw this this is was for me it was really moving because uh like electronic music and space and space age and all that and the 70s and the 60s and it's all coming together and the sounds i love i love the concept of like sounds of the future from from the 70s, you know what I mean? What what would so, what would the sound of the future would be like? And that's all the moogs and and the uh, and all that uh, and and obviously Kraftwerk uh, were pioneering uh, all that all those sounds and all those uh, kind of sequences. And them and Tangerine Dream. Uh, and for me to to watch it, it was just absolutely amazing because uh, it's it's everything together it's that era and space and it's happening now like 40 years later and i don't know there was something about it that is really nailed it on the head for me
0: yeah it's an interesting i mean it it feel i mean it made a few news things and peter kern on cdm link uh did uh, a piece on it and, and talked about the whole kind of concept and it's quite interesting but it, it And I I guess it made the wider news, but you're right. I mean, it does seem very... I mean, uh, there's a few firsts here. It's the first electronic music instrument in space and the first live jam between Earth and orbit. So there we go. Mm -hmm. I know, Charles, I mean, this seems like the sort of thing... I mean, you do live electronic music events. I mean, if you had that lined up for your next uh, OMD uh, or whoever, you know, uh, concert, that would be a pretty awesome thing to be part of, right?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, Andy from OMD is, is friends with Tim Peake, and uh, I'm sure he's still going to be jealous of this, because <laughs> this is pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and I, I like what you had said about it being like the, the future from the 70s, which to me is actually vaporwave music. That's why I'm really into it. It's retro retrofuturistic re, mm-hmm. retro stuff. But yeah, that, that is quite amazing. <laughs> wish I uh, wish I could work something like that out with OMD. God, that would be very cool. I mean, right now, can, can you imagine? Can
0: you imagine? It's like the, the, the concept of, of of planning for a gig where you've got to send an instrument out into space for someone to play. I mean, that's yeah, just...
1: because I know it. it it's like eleven hundred yeah. pounds a kilo to send it up into space too. It's yeah. not like it's some kind of cheap. So you've thing looked
0: into it. You know. There. You know
1: how much it costs. Oh, that's I know how much it costs to send for every for every kilo. It's about I think eleven hundred or twelve hundred pounds, something like that. Yeah, it's wow. pretty high up there. So mm. yeah, it's like, it's like they can't they have to think about absolutely every uh every Ram. little bit of weight. You know, um, so I, just, yeah, I just oh by I, the way, I, can
2: you stick uh, this iPad? Yeah. I just want to add um that it looks like from the screen, it looks like it's a proprietary um It's Lima. It's Lima.
0: It's a Lima. Yeah, interface. but they, but
2: but they've they've arranged the the notes in a way that it will play the the sequence that is right for the song. So, ah, so okay. they kind of allocated the. So they've, there's been some planning, um, yeah. in, in order. And I'm just imagining the amount of security checks and and bug and QA that it's that this app and this uh, skin have gone through by NASA in order to 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 make it uh, kind of safe to, to send it to space, you know? Yeah. So, so to make sure that no one can, from his iPhone here on Earth, can take over the the spaceship. And, yeah, wow.
0: Imagine this real James Bond stuff, isn't it, that? No, I know, Matt, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great idea, isn't it? I mean, imagine, you know, the being that guy. I mean, it's, you know, what Man, was it Tim you, Peake who did the, he played, did he play he um,
3: Space Oddity? David Bowie, didn't he, yeah. Um, but can you imagine the amount of pressure on this guy to get those notes right as well? <laughs> I noticed, like, he slowed down towards the end just to make sure he got that. You know, if it was me, don't I'd probably cut that last note up. wrong. Dun, dun, I wonder. Dun, I. W- yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oops.
2: I wonder if uh, if velocity works the same in space.
0: Oh, nah, hold on, that's a t- show title. Oh, yeah. in I think space, they spent no- months
1: training underwater with the iPad, probably. <laughs> okay, yeah. in
0: space, no one can. Uh, yeah, uh, in space, does velocity <laughs> no, work? Okay. <laughs> all right so or some title, derivative though. of that yeah that's i like that oh, i'm sure i wrote
3: something I mean, else down what an honor though i mean just play not only um not only playing from space but playing with craft as well you say yeah. you've made it as a band but you've made it as an astronaut as well you know to have said <laughs> oh yeah i did a, I did a gig once with craft from space you know yeah <laughs> that's,
0: that's the line isn't it yeah just toss that one in there yeah i like the idea of that that's a great one yeah absolutely right no brilliant and more of this kind of stuff but it's interesting because i mean you know i'm surprised even it's 400 kilometers above sea level so it's not i mean it's a long way up but i I mean i was expecting it to be like you know 20,000 miles or something but i guess it doesn't you know in 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 mid orbit it's it's still it's it's a lot but so it's three to five milliseconds um delay for sending the audio back isn't all that bad apparently he had a feedback he had audio coming back and the engineers of front of house had to ride the faders to make sure it didn't start feeding i wonder what feedback sounds from space sounds like from Mm. space that would be yeah yeah
3: probably you know what i didn't see an audio lead on his ipad maybe maybe it was there bluetooth yeah bluetooth ableton link oh even Frank. yeah Does
0: Bluetooth work in space? Wow, now we're getting to all sorts of random concepts. It
3: doesn't work in my studio half the time, Bluetooth. (laughs) It it
0: does.
3: (laughs) Bluetooth, Bluetooth does
2: work in space, but it becomes yellow tooth, actually.
0: Ah, very good. Oh, okay. Oh. okay, right, um, there was one other thing that I wanted to get in here. Did you see the, uh, this is a video that was shot at Summer Nam by Sound on Sound, uh, which obviously then came out. The no, 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 no. What, what is it? it? It's Well, this is the brand new refresh of the Faderport. So the Faderport has been one of our most popular products. It's a control surface for, of course, Studio One, but a variety of other DAWs. And uh, now, you know, in the last year or so, we've put out the fader port 8 and the fader port 16. Now we've updated the single fader fader port to all of the new features. So do you want to talk us through some of those features then? What's what's different? We won't go through all of that. If you want to check that out, uh, Sound on Sound channel, they've got, uh, it's like a four minute video and they've got other stuff from Summer NAM because they, they went over. We we just couldn't make the trip, sadly. But So uh, they got all the scoops and all of that stuff. But yeah, this has just come out. I think it's going to be 199 bucks. I think we, I reviewed the original fader port. It still needs power to make sure the fader moves because USB just doesn't quite have enough mm-hmm. But, Mm. I've always, you know, we, I think I've got an alpha track or something, which is, uh, I'm trying to get back here because it's so useful for that sort of automation. I mean, often, I mean, I know sometimes you need to automate more than one fader at a time, but it's still a great idea. It's just just never really, I don't know how many they say. They said it was one of their most popular products ever. I know, uh, Matt, have you, do, do you Do you use controllers for automating and yeah. moving fader stuff or just?
3: I don't know if you can see, I've got the, Be- the Behringer BCF over here. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I've got the BCR as well, and that's usually set off at the side um, for whatever reason. I'll have usually things in the box like um, filters, delay times, reverbs just to ride those things, and obviously volume as well. Um, sometimes all at the same time. Obviously, this is one fader. This is great because I can sit there with, with four fingers quite happily and just kind of change things. I like to. I like to ride things during the mix like anyone else does. Um, I'm big on automating reverbs and delay sends at the end of words and, yeah. se- uh, sentences and that kind of thing as well. And, um, sort of manually ducking things as opposed to using a compressor to do that. Um, so yeah, I do, I do tend to use it. i this one. I know a few people who use this and they, they really like it and they, they have it sat there and it doesn't take up much space. Yeah. Um, and it's you get transport control quick. as well, so yeah, that's all in there. Um, it's quick to flick through the different faders with it. It's nicely laid out. It looks very ergonomic. Yeah, um, and also
0: uh, it's got a, it works in Ableton Live this one as well, which is something that's yeah. not always the case for uh, for for um, hmm. for some things. So that's kind of yeah, it looks kind of cool. It's
3: great. I I don't think um, I I guess you guys are going to agree because you're using desk, but I. I still am a big believer in using faders that kind of thing i mean modular one of the reasons i got into it is because it is so tactile and and you've got to reach for it and there's also the restrictions that it brings as well in that you've got two hands and there's only so much you can do at once which which presents the music in a particular way as opposed to having loads and loads of automation going on as well
0: interesting thought um, I'll come to you Charles. Cause I mean, obviously you've got an analog desk there. I don't know if it's got kind of VCA automation in it or anything like that. I mean, what do you, are you a drawer or do you like to actually, you know, have a moving fader if you've, or have you got anything moving fader?
1: I don't have anything, move, not, not, not here. I mean, I have my Digico desk, but that's out on the road, um, which is obviously moving fader, but this, this analog desk now, um, I like to, it depends on how many recalls I have to do. If I have to do a lot of recalls, like if I'm working on a soundtrack or something like that, you know, massive amounts of recalls, um, I will draw stuff. It's just so much easier for me. That's just the way my head works. Um, I had thought about the fader port, but I haven't been able to really justify getting one. I don't think I would use it, honestly. Um, It's it's a novel idea. Paul, uh, for OMD Paul, um, uses one, and he really likes it, but I just it's just not my thing. I I, See, I do like write of the not while I'm mixing, yeah. but I use the console. So
0: do you do you um do you use moving do you automate in a linear fashion for live stuff? Because obviously the songs have midi clock or something. Do you do you ever kind of do that or are you doing mostly hands on and scene changes based things?
1: Hands on hands on scene changes. Um yeah. for every song I've got a, a separate scene, um mostly because there's so many things coming from different places, and some channels you just don't want up. Um, uh, and also, they they get what they have in their headphones. They have it at a certain level that they really like. That doesn't necessarily work for the for the PA. So I'll maybe have something a little louder, a little quieter, whatever. Um, but I I spend a lot of the show just fingers on the faders, writing things up for the verses. I mean, for the choruses, pulling things back for the verses, um, mm. ducking things. Um, I do. I have a lot of ducking that's going on. Uh, either using compressors or using track spacer, which is one of my favorite ducking plugins. Uh, but I am also, I'm I'm riding quite a few things. I, I, I'm very hands-on, hands-on with mixing. And that includes in here too, because like I said, I have everything going through the mixer and I, I will ride things. And zero is my nominal level, so I know if I need to get back, that's where I go. I go back to zero, but I am riding things constantly in a mix because I, I like the mix to have life to it. And if it's just... Running statically off of Pro Tools or Ableton or Logic or whatever. I mean, yeah, you can have levels drawn in and out, but I, I, there's something about it, a human touch to it. So it's well, it's you get different, different
0: cur- kinds of curves, don't you? Because it's either it's yeah, not a linear yeah. curve or, or an exponential curve. It's just a finger curve, which is whatever that is. Yeah, and that human uh, that's curve. A fi- Do you? Um, the other thing I was going to ask um, before I come to you, Yorad, is uh, when you're changing scenes. Do you, do you make the faders safe or just do the the, the effects and the EQs and the mutes recalls, or do you reset the fader levels as well?
1: Um, I, I, it depends. I, each one I have something slightly different. Generally, almost everything changes uh, except for uh, vocal EQ. I will keep that pretty consistent. Um yeah, just because I know it's it, it, we're talking about in a live scenario. Here yeah, it's a yeah. little different. In the studio, it's a little different. But it, live, I'll keep the vocal EQ. uh I, I have that fa- that uh, recall safe, and, and on all my gains, all my gains are recall safe. Otherwise, everything's up for grabs. You know. Yeah. I, no, I, got and got plus, that, I'm okay. I'm also running an external effects rack, and every song has a different set of effects going. I'm running like eight different effects for every song, which vocal imaging. Delays. Sometimes I'm using Valhalla. Sometimes I'm using EMT reverbs, things like that. Um, and that's all running on a, on a separate rack with a laptop and a UA uh, Apollo 8 interface. So I have eight ins and eight outs. Right. And that goes okay. back to the console. Got you. Interesting. And a chaos pad. <laughs>
0: ah, well, nice. Yeah. Obligatory. Oh, yeah. I'd, I mean, you know, I don't know. Is your desk moving fader automation, or do you tend to work in the box? It, it has
2: it has uh, it has Nicom two automation, which I s- just switch off. And actually, in order to save on on electricity on and on the wear of the motors inside, I've actually bypassed all the the, the motors. So the fader is now manual, although it has motors. But no one no one can use. I used to use Nicom two. It's an awful thing. <laughs> uh, for automation um, so no the, the answer is no what I am playing with the toying with the idea of, of doing for years now is to buy one of these um, either big Tascam you know the 24 fader ones
0: oh yeah which I is U E compatible f- or something
2: right. and uh, buying two of those or maybe three even taking them apart and putting the faders the moving faders inside the desk basically turning the desk into like a duality kind of thing where I can, because I can bypass the audio on the fader so it, so it doesn't actually get to the fader uh, and then use the faders just as controllers for, for logical Pro So this is definitely projects that, that, that I will get into at some point. Uh, Interesting, just, so they just, just be
0: MIDI CCs, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh well, that,
0: that, um, uh, one thing that's worth pointing out, actually, also about this uh, the fader port is it supports up to 1024 fader resolution. So if the DAW supports it, then you've got a nice resolution. It's not just 128; it's a 1024 mm-hmm. fader resolution, which gives you kind of a bit more. You know, that's one thing that you know early early controllers were pretty much just 1024. They, yeah. uh, then yeah. they went to. Uh, it's, it's, oh, sorry, is 128. Is it's 1024 14 bit? I'm not sure if it is. No, um, I don't.
2: It's, was it eight? No, yes. it's uh, it's
0: eight bit. Eight bit, okay, which should be enough yeah. for most, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that's coming out soon. Uh, there was also, I mean, inevitably, um, Behringer uh, have got something not quite the same. Mm. It's got a lot more functionality, which actually also looks quite interesting. But I know their EtchTuck series yeah. took a while to come to market, so I don't know where they are in terms of when it's ready. But this has got a little scribble strip that looks like the same one as the X thirty two, and a load of function buttons. Yeah jog and shuttle wheel, and that kind of stuff. That looks kind of pretty useful as well. Probably that looks a bit really bigger. Good. Probably a bit bigger. Yeah. I don't know what the uh, other ones are. And I like the, the Behringer fader stuff. I think, oh, it's a USB hub. Okay, and it's got foot switch support. I think the uh, fader port has foot switch support as well. Oh, yeah, and I think it comes with a load of overlay templates. So you just slot a different. Yeah, there we go. Which oh, is a nice. good idea. So it comes with all of those. Yeah. So you just drop them on for whatever mm-hmm. door you are. So, you know, actually that's a nice, nice intro. I guess it's going to be yeah, similar similar, or probably a bit cheaper in terms of price. But, you know, I don't know if you can get it yet and whether or not <laughs> it will do exactly what you want. But, I mean, I like the idea. It's almost like a mouse for audio, isn't it? It's just like next to your mouse you might just have one box, which is a fader. And it's something that I could definitely use. So when we're mixing um, the audio for video... You know, I have to draw these really kind of... Because uh, drawing automation in for ducking the audio uh, below, you know, when the music's playing is, is really coarse. Cool, so it doesn't really work. And I'd like just to be able to kind of quickly grab a fader and do it. But I don't know whether our NLE supports that kind of stuff. So we'll have to see. But it looks kind of cool. Yeah. Um, um, what else? Uh, we did that one. Oh, gosh, I think we've actually gone through the gone through the time apart. Apart from
3: a new range of these Beringer MIDI controllers, I think they brought out some that replaced these the old BCR and a BCFs. Uh, I think they kind of did some hybrids of the two as well. Yeah, the um, X Touch
0: series. Yeah, I, 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 the they the X- took X- ages that's... to come out. Yeah, it, uh, those they? BCRs, are, those BCRs and BCFs. I used to have a BCF and I lent it to somebody. Yeah. Uh, and it never came back, and I really regret that because, I'm lo- I mean, loads of people use them, and they do that uh, contrary to yeah. the, the the popular uh, conception that Behringer stuff doesn't last. They seem to last forever, those things.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I've, take, I've gigged this to death, and I'm, you know, one of, it was so cheap as well. I wasn't that concerned about a pint getting spilt on it or whatever as well, but it's, it's great, and they're all responsive in that it's two-way, and that's really important for me. So um, not only can I ride from here and it'll update, but you can do it from there and they move as well. And that, that two-way workflow is really important for me.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I think it's the same with the Faderport and probably the X, whatever that one's called, X-Touch 1 as well.
3: Ooh, yeah, they're really right.
0: um, I think maybe uh, we can probably, uh, I did have this, I've had this wind controller thing in for such a long time. I don't know whether... It, yeah, you know, I was
2: about to say. Whether, should we should we
0: should we just put it to bed because then we've we're, we've completed the list. I think we should do it just for the sake of kind of completeness. So uh, here we go. This is anyway. the, this is um, this is a very interesting thing. This is uh, uh it's a new AV which is a wind controller um, which uh, is still I think in prototype. And uh, this is played by Mark Steiner, and he's playing. He's just playing a uh, um, is that a microbrute or a mini brute? I think it's a mini microbrute, isn't it?
1: Microgroup.
0: And a load of reverb, obviously. And it's really, I mean, it, this wasn't really... The idea of this video, I think, was just to demonstrate how expressive wind control could be generally. And as we've seen, you know, the Roland uh, Aerophone and uh, people use a lot of these stuff, and they do sound great on uh, analog stuff. I, I suppose I should have done it last week because... Uh, I- Last week would have been uh, when we talked about the Aerophone. So um, I, I'm going to ask you, Charles, first, because um, you do a lot of live electronic music gigs. Do you ever have – has anyone ever goes, I want to use one of these live, and has it ever made it to stage? Hmm. No. I mean, not this On top controller. Of
1: that, I'm, I'm actually a horde player, and, and uh, I, I don't own one of these. <laughs> it just, I, I mean, it's, I guess it's cool, but I don't know anybody who would use one. Um mm. I I mean, I don't Star Wars know band would use one yeah uh you know actually about like in the late eighties early nineties yeah absolutely you know it was a it was a way for the saxophonist or as they may say here a saxophonist to be uh to be kind of cool but that that's that kind of ended right about there i mean cause i just i don't know anybody i mean i like I said I play sax and i i would i wouldn't want one i'm i'd rather just get a synth and play on the keys
0: okay well it's an interesting idea i mean (laughs) you're entirely okay so uh yoad have you ever been set up for a recording session and someone shows up with one of these
2: (laughs) no um
0: sort of things
2: uh i've seen a prototype of a very very interesting and weird instrument lately which i can't disclose but uh it was it was out there but um but I think that the essence of this for me, because I you know, I'm not a um, wind instrument player, so I can play the recorder, you know? But, uh, but for me, m- making the notes, playing the notes would not be as easy as it is to, on the keyboard. But I think that the main thing here is the breath control. Yeah. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. whether it's worth actually reviving. I, th- I have a CS70 which has uh, breath control. I don't know if it comes out of my of the MIDI mod it has. Probably not. But maybe but I have a DX seven which I can try. Haven't tried that for a while, but that could be a handy little thing to have. Just a converter. Basically just a box that will convert breath control to through USB. That that could be something good.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's probably a lot of these out there. I mean I'm guessing also, Matt, in the world of modular, you know, um, the exp- expressivity really is quite a bonus, right?
3: Yeah, I think so. Having having all of that, all that possibilities going on, yeah, you can assign it to multiple things. Um, I think I've probably said this on on the past few um, one of these programs is about the keyboard and how if you're if you're a new music producer and you still haven't gelled with the keyboard yet, then i would fully recommend picking up something like this something new you never know if if like me i i mean i'm surrounded by keyboards but i still i'm not a keyboardist but i can't help thinking that if i had been presented with one of these i might have i might have got on with this more than i do with playing the keys do you know what i mean for yeah yeah for new music producers who aren't yet exposed to working with black and white keys this might be the thing that works for them that allows them to compose and produce music, basically
0: yeah i think that's a fair and I, I, I agree i know we're covering ground here but I, it's this is really just me trying to com- finally get this topic off the list so I, for, yeah. I forgive for, for those listeners <laughs> you talked about wind instruments wind controllers last week yes we did and now we've talked about this but now i can remove it forever and it feels like i, I now can start a new series of topics without this one dangling off the bottom which it has done for the last i don't know six or eight weeks <laughs> so anyway this, thank this you very much for helping me uh, be a completist yeah on we that. got it We got it. We covered it (laughs) it. to some degree. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody. Um, Yoad, thank you for joining us. Uh, It's a pleasure having you as ever. uh, And thank you for letting us know about that, the way you use the Beatstep Pro. I am actually going to uh, have to experiment with that. And maybe we can, you're right, maybe we can do a video. That that would be really interesting. So I hope you have a good week and uh, productive and your air conditioning stays working. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: i'm sure it will <laughs> uh anyway thank you very much joe and also matt thank you for joining us yes. too uh i'm guessing uh you're in the summer holidays now are you going anywhere nice on your holidays that would be a hairdresser no, question I'm... but that would be a bit pointless wouldn't it really
3: <laughs> well i'm certainly I. not going to the hairdressers that's for sure um <laughs> no i've i've dedicated all this week and next week to working on my ep and writing my stuff at this moment in time uh we've just got an album launch. Uh, in a couple of weeks for nightstown which is the the group that i play with live and i also uh, i'm working with him on some new material as well who's just come out on fat cat records so we've got a big build up for that and uh yeah we've just signed off some more music for emi sony publishing as well so i'm just finishing those things off i don't i don't know if anyone in the chat room's done sync music and library music before but writing the music can often be the quickest bit, but the the deliverables take so long. You know, you have to give the 30-second version without the vocals, uh, you know, without the beats and so on and so forth. So I've got to go through three or four tracks there and get those delivered. So a bit of a deadline.
0: Well, good luck with that and thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for having me. Also, Charles, also thank you for joining us too. I don't know how long you're around for. You're in festival season, aren't you? So I expect you're flitting in and out of the place, yeah?
1: yeah i'm off to off to germany this weekend germany and belgium then i'm back and then i'm off to some other festival the next weekend and then i think i'm off for like a week or something like that and then more festivals and then a couple of cruises (laughs) and then all in all that time i'm trying to do this big movie project thing um so we'll see how that goes (laughs) Well, thank you very (laughs) much for joining us
0: anyway. I know everybody's busy, so your time is always much appreciated. Anyway, that's it. That's uh, Sonic Talk episode 542 signing out. Uh, We'll probably see you next week, assuming any of us have survived this uh, heat wave that is continuing on. Uh, But that's it. Thank you very much. We'll all see you next time. That was Sonic Talk episode 542. Goodbye now.